The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WINB. And of course, for more ways to listen to the program, including the customized apps for all smart devices and the podcast for those of you on the go, simply go to the listen page at weekendvigilante.com. Do sign up for my free e-newsletter. I'm going to have one coming out just a few short days away. And of course, I do send e-alerts. So make sure you do sign up for that. And I'm really trying to build my social media numbers. So I'm asking you to like me on Twitter, Facebook. That's the Weekend Vigilante Facebook. I think my days might be numbered on my personal account. I'm on my last warning. That free speech thing. Hmm. Do make sure you like my YouTube channel. And I just want to let people know, I tried to do a live Facebook feed, Facebook live prayer. Basically, you go live, people type in whatever their issue is, you know, whether they have a physical ailment or what's going on, pray for each individual person as they come up on the thread. And I went through a bunch of tutorials. I downloaded one particular software. It still did not give me Facebook live. So If any of you out there are listening and you know about Facebook Live, any Facebook Live pros out there, let me know. I really do want to have a day set aside where I can take an hour or so and just pray for people in real time as it comes up there, live prayer. So, And as you know, I'm working with the web team on that map that I want to be adding to Power Prayers for you to find prayer partners and like-minded individuals boots on the ground in your respective towns and cities. That is really something on my heart. And so we're hoping to be able to launch that in the very short future. I'm very excited about that, actually. And finally, I'm asking people to go to their respective bookstores. That's Christian and secular. Please do get a hold of your bookstores in your area, your towns and cities, and request power prayers. Do request that. And let me know how you make out in your bookstores. Power prayers, warfare that works. Do get that into your local bookstores, especially Christian bookstores. If anything else, the Christian bookstores are now carrying a lot of crap. And I threw this challenge out yesterday to folks on my Monday show. If someone out there wants to phone around to various states or provinces if you live in Canada. Go find out what are the top sellers. I'd like you to make a list of five. Phone around to some of the bigger Christian stores. I'd be very curious. So if you want to step up and volunteer to do that for me, I'd love a report back on that. So someone take that on for me. Email me your results. Again, what are the top five biggest sellers in the Christian bookstores? And I'll even give you on-air credit for compiling that, and I thank you in advance for that. Well, I want to jump right into the program today. My good friend Fritz Springmeier, author of Bloodlines of the Illuminati, author of incredible research, including Freemasonry, 
I would classify him as a leading expert on not only the Illuminati, but esoteric groups as well, including secret societies. And we're going to talk about something very interesting today, and it is Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses knocking at your door or something more. Fritz Springmeyer, welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to have you back on. Thank you, Sheila. My privilege to be on here. Privilege to have you on, Fritz. So I want to do a full show on this because you and I on other shows in the past have touched on this. That is the cults. And I'm saying cult plural as in C-U-L-T-S. Two of them, well, I suppose they're interchangeable, but Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. So we're going to delve into that because each of us have really dealt a lot with these two cults, and I'm calling it a cult for good reason. Like I said, are they knocking on your door or something more? And I'm going to go with the something more. So again, we've touched on this subject, but we've never really done a whole show on this specifically. Now, what I find really fascinating, Fritz, is one of the things I always love when they come to your door and you stump them on something, they're always going to come back with the elders. But what I find so fascinating about that is they're not allowed to be challenged on their material. They will not look at any supporting documentation that shows where they are wrong. They can't look at it. Talk about your mind control. Yes, they are. Especially the Jehovah's Witnesses are told not to listen to anybody else except they end up having to because they go door to door and they're trying to bring people into their religion. So they end up bumping into other people's thinking in spite of the fact that the Watchtower Society tries to keep them in um, a mental bubble, so to speak. But yes, you know, Sheila, I really appreciate you wanting to do a show on this because you know, God has a real burden for the lost. And those of us who feel his heart, we have a burden too. And and all the confusion that's out there. So this is really a good uh, way to use your airtime. I think that's that's really great that you want to, to talk on this subject. Well, and part of the reason why, Fritz, is because the more they come to my door, they're usually typically just young in their 20s, they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. And what I find so disturbing and sad, and it's heartbreaking for me because they don't understand the deeply anti-Christ spirit that is in these religions. And it's like they're kind of in this dystopic trance. And I don't know if it's mind control or neuro-linguistic programming that these cults are doing to these young people when you're dealing with mind control and these forms of neuro-linguistic programming and brainwashing, you're really talking about witchcraft. So they are under a very heavy, well, heavy spirits of idolatry, but particularly they're under antichrist spirits. You know what, Sheila? It's amazing that you say that. I was a Christian missionary to the cults for 10 years uh, that was my avocation. I would visit with Mormon missionaries. I would visit with Jehovah's Witness elders. 
I would be doing this to bring them to Christ. And I finally, after a number of years of working with these people, realized a really profound truth, and that is, is there's a demonic spell over these people. And the truth literally bounces off of their skulls because there's this demonic force field. Uh, and when I would start to work with Jehovah's Witnesses, I would, I would be seeking God's help to somehow break that demonic force field. Now, one has to realize that unless God calls someone, that, you know, it's not something that we can do ourselves. So this demonic force field really has to be broken by God. That's why That's why before this session that we're doing here, I've been praying, I've been praying, you know, because it's important that if I'm speaking the truths of God, that I be in touch with him, you know, because Jesus Christ himself said, he said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So this is really where it's at. It's you you can't do you can't sit down and argue with these people. I mean, that doesn't do any good. God has to touch their heart. And there's some very specific things about God that will touch these people's hearts if they're truth lovers. Now if they don't care about the truth, Hey, <laughs> and you know, and that's where most of the people out here in this country are. They're like having fun, you know, typically people like to think that they're self-sufficient. They don't need God in their life. And then I've met a lot of people, bikers, transsexuals, drug addicts, you name it, Sheila. And these people got into big trouble, you know, they're like in prison and then they go, whoa, hey. There's something wrong. I've been I've been doing things wrong. I got my life really screwed up, you know, because they like maybe they got themselves hooked on meth, on heroin. Now they're in trouble. They don't know how to get out of things. Finally, they think, you know what? Maybe I ought to ask God for some help. Maybe I ought to get some tech support here in my life. And they finally call on God. So people have to realize that they need God in their life. If they don't see that they need God in their life, they want to be self-sufficient, everything we say today on the show is not going to be important to them. But uh, but if they love the truth, we've got some important things that I can tell them. Yes, and these cults have such deep ties to Freemasonry, very esoteric. And I'll tell you, the origins are frightening straight out of the Luciferian cauldron Indeed, aren't they? Oh, yes. In fact, I had the privilege of really showing the ties, the tie back ends to the Illuminati, because I did a lot of research on, and I want to preface this when I'm talking here, because before I say anything, maybe I need to tell people where I'm coming from. You know, I was never a Jehovah's Witness. I was never a Mormon. But I attended the Kingdom Hall and I attended the Mormon churches for several years. So I got to know them from the inside. I think I know their own literature better than than most of their own members do. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm a very informed person. I worked a lot of years researching the Illuminati. And so that's where I'm coming from. 
And there was a quote that was the um, Brigham Young gave a speech to other leadership of the LDS Mormon Church. And he was saying, we're all related. You know, well, this goes back to Charles Taze Russell. I ended up discovering that he was not only a Freemason, but he was from Illuminati bloodline. Joseph Smith Jr. and all the hierarchy of the Mormon church, because they're all related, all of their prophets, even in the RLDS church, all the prophets are, are of this one bloodline that goes back to the Merovingians. Yeah. And the Mormons are great on genealogy. They can prove it themselves. I, I print some genealogies in my Bloodlines of the Illuminati book. But if you don't want to believe my, my genealogies, the Mormons, they're, they're, they're the best at genealogy work. They can prove it for themselves. These bloodlines go back to the Merovingians, which is the 13th holy bloodline of the Illuminati. And so there's no, there's no accident. A lot of the things that you see in, in, in Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses that tie back to Freemasonry, it's no accident. As you know, that goes back to you have to baptize the dead. And so you've got to find out all your ancestors so you can do a baptismal ceremony for them. See, this touches on something that is really fundamental. Uh, well, you know, Sheila, my missionary organization, we would go out to Christian churches and teach them how to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Well, over the years, as the churches got more apostate and they got more ecumenical, over the years, they increasingly lost interest in learning how to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. Why? Because they no longer had true doctrine. So, you know, when I'm talking here about Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, I'm not saying that they're the only ones that have some weird doctrines. I mean, Christendom as a whole has a lot of weird doctrines, and, and Christendom as a whole isn't even interested in what I'm, I'm going to say here, because they're going to have this loosey-goosey, to use your expression, they're going to have this loosey-goosey attitude, oh yeah, and to use another word that you like to use, kumbaya, let's all just have this ecumenical love fest, you know, and why argue over doctrines, you know? Well, this is more than arguing over doctrines. You know, this is not an argument of doctrines. This is the fundamental foundation of what is going to save a person and what not. Christ said, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In other words, fundamentally to eternal life, they need to know who God is. And so you got these, the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons running around with all this strange stuff, you know, is like, this is really true. Now, this will blow Jehovah's Witnesses out of, most of them don't realize this. Back in the 50s, one of the watchtowers says that God makes his prophecies just like the weatherman makes a weather prediction. Wow. Oh, guess again, God. Hey, you know, I mean, that that is not the Christian God. And then Brigham Young saying, well, Adam is our God and father. What, Adam? Whoa. And then Joseph Smith's going, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. That's what's spurring a lot of these Mormons on is they're like, promise that they're going to become a god and they're going to have their own 
own planet and they better, you know, have a lot of celestial marriages. And uh, that was the whole thing. That was part of how they justified the polygamy, which interestingly, there was some kind of a legal problem that they had in England. And the Mormon church came out with uh, some stuff on their website, on their official website, the website of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you go there where it says gospel topics, and they talk about how Joseph Smith Jr. took all these plural wives, in other words, this polygamy, including a 14-year-old teenager, and, and then they mention there that the view is is that he had 33 wives, but nobody knows exactly how many. And he even took wives of people that were married to other people. Um, but they, they have started coming out on their own official website, the truth of this. When I was in Salt Lake City, interestingly, Sheila, and I went to the, the temple there, I went to the main place, downtown Salt Lake City, and they've got these good-looking people that are spokespeople for the church. And I asked them, I said, was Mormonism ever involved in polygamy? Oh, no, no, no. They're official spokespeople for the church, just telling you to your face, no, Mormon church was, that. you know, that's apostate, apostate lies about our church. Well, whoa. You know, so now their own church is officially informing them about some of this stuff. And and they're having to do it, from what I've been told, these 12 essays that they came out with were being written by lawyers because they're in legal problems. And so they're trying to trying to get themselves out of some legal problems, which they've also got legal problems from people that are, are suing them for sexual molestation by church officials. Well, I'm going to run through some of their doctrine here very quickly. So Mormons believe that salvation is only in their church. All others are wrong. They won't tell you about their secret temple rites. They won't tell you that they think familiar spirits are good. That's their own words. They intend to be gods themselves. Someday they are helping to earn their exaltation to godhood by talking to. They intend to have many wives in heaven, carrying on multiple sex relations throughout eternity until they have enough children to populate their own planet, they're going to attain to be a heavenly father over their own planet. This is what they believe. They believe Jesus had at least three wives and children while he was on earth. They believe their heavenly father is really an exalted man that lives on near the star base Kolob, that's K-O-L-O-B, and he's not the heavenly father of the Bible at all. Jesus was really Lucifer's brother in the spirit world, and it was only due to a heavenly council vote that Jesus became our redeemer instead of Satan. The Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Praise, Doctrine and Covenants, and even their official Mormon doctrine statements contradict each other on major points. The King James Bible is contradicted. They don't tell you that the state of Utah, which is predominantly Mormon, has the highest national average of wife-beating, child abuse, and teenage suicide. Joseph Smith, this is one thing they will not tell you, is that he was heavily involved in the occult. We'll get into that. 
They encourage visitations from dead relatives from the spirit world. That is straight up necromancy. Their Scottish temple oaths are based straight out of Scottish Rite Masonry. Before 1980, they considered the Negro race, this is in their book, Negro race is inferior. Even one drop of Negro blood prevents you from entering into their priesthood. That's their material. They consider the Bible to be untrustworthy and full of errors. Jesus' death on the cross only partially saves the believer. And interestingly, Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible, the demon god of the living dead, is called Mormo. Coincidence that Mormons are so concerned with the dead? On their Salt Lake City temple, they prominently display an upside-down star, which ties in with the Baphomet, very satanic symbol. They believe that the Archangel Michael came down to Earth with several of his celestial wives and became Adam in the Garden of Eden. And Angel Gabriel came down to Earth and became Noah in the days of the flood. And I mean, I could go on and on about the absolute doctrines of devils of this organization. So those are just to name a few. Right. One of the ways that I have gotten so informed about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm going to switch from Mormons to Jehovah's Witnesses now, is we had a we had two comprehensive libraries in the missionary organization that I was in. Everything that the Jehovah's Witnesses had ever put out was in that library, so I could go in and research, and that was that was how I came out with my book, The Watchtower and the Masons in 1990, exposing the connection between the Watchtower Society and the occult world and Freemasonry, which is very hidden. But anyway, one of the bizarre things, and Rutherford was the second Watchtower president after Charles Taze Russell. Charles Taze Russell, like I said, was Illuminati and Freemason. Uh, Joseph Rutherford, who was called Judge Rutherford, the second president. He was not a Freemason, but he was not a. He was kind of a nasty character, and I won't go into his nastiness. But one of the things that he said, and I listened to a record of him giving this speech. He and the Watchtower Society were receiving their information from fallen angels that were working out their salvation. Now you and I know Sheila. The angels can't work out their salvation. That was like, whoa. And then, not only that, but where were these angels coming from? He believed that God had a human-like body on the planet Alcyon in the Pleiades. Excuse me, not planet, but the star Alcyon. He believed God was there. and he, In other words, they were receiving messages from what some people might call aliens, I mean, a life from the Pleiades, the Pleiadians, and that these were actually angels working, fallen angels working out their salvation. And the way they did that was to bring him messages. If Jehovah's Witnesses realized where where the Watchtower study was getting their messages, it might shock them. Um, Well, let's parallel that with the Mormon church, because let's not forget in 1821, a little young treasure seeker named Joseph Smith. He claimed also that he was visited by an angel named Moroni, who supposedly told him about a secret manuscript written on golden plates. 
Of course, that's where you get the Book of Mormon, because he would later translate that. But demonic entities, Freemasonry, and the occult, that really is the link here. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, in my Bloodlines of the Illuminati book, I talked about how, let's see, I think it was the 14th and maybe the 18th and the 21st level uh, degree in Freemasonry, which are based on Kabbalism, they have a Kabbalistic story at those levels of Freemasonry that talks about golden tablets being brought by an angel. So when you go into Kabbalistic magic, which uh, Joseph Smith was into, you definitely can see that he was, well, in fact, he even said this. He said that the Christian church needed to be restored um, that, you know, the Book of Mormon and these other things were going to restore the mysteries. And then if you go in and look at the early writings of the early leaders of Mormonism, they were saying that these mysteries were the same as the mysteries of Freemasonry, except that they were going to even do better they were going to outdo the Freemasons. So we have an esoteric Christianity being created. So what they, what the Jehovah's Witnesses, what they did was, is everything that was sacred to the Christians, they debunked. I mean, you know, you and I were born again Christians. So they told their people, no, you can't be born again. In fact, the only people that are born again are supposedly the 144,000. But if you go to, if you go to Revelation 7, and, and there in, in verses 13 and 14, it talks about, in 13, he asks the question, well, who are these 144,000? You know, these people in white robes. And the guy goes, sir, these are the ones that came through the great tribulation. Well, we haven't gone through the great tribulation yet. So the 144,000 are survivors of the Great Tribulation, but in Watchtower theology, the 144,000 have already died. Those were the early Christians that were born again, and practically no one left of the 144,000. So they're not even around to survive the Great Tribulation. There's all these contradictions you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses are told that the Bible wasn't written to you. It was only written to the 144,000. That's why you have to stay in touch with the mother of God. And so then they, they tell people how to view the Bible. In fact, both the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons come down very heavy on their people about how to view the Bible. You know, they're not allowed to read the Bible for themselves and with the Holy Spirit leading them into all truth, but they are told what that Bible means. Well, if you even want to call it a Bible, I get a kick out of how the Jehovah's Witness have the New World Translation. How convenient for the New World Order. The New World Order Translation, as I call it. It's unbelievable how these Bible translations are they're straight out of the pit of hell in both these cults. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I found a verse, I can't remember, it was in one of the, the, like Hosea, in one of the prophets, where they actually translated 
something that ha had no business being translated into Grand Master. I think they slipped in a few things like that just to to give a heads up to people that are into the occult that uh, where they're really at. Now, you know, Sheila, I have I have worked with a lot of victims of trauma-based mind control, which ties in with satanic ritual abuse. And quite a number of these people that experienced satanic ritual abuse and participated in satanic rituals came out of the Jehovah's Witness hierarchy, or they came out of the Mormon hierarchy, or, or were people that were taken to the temples and ritually abused in, in underground, in secret rooms. So, you know, there's that whole thing. And there's there's even been some reports, you know, like there was one Watchtower magazine uh, that said, and there have been reports of wife swapping, and and they listed a number of other major sins happening at headquarters, you know, but supposedly things are being taken care of. Well, people that uh, have been Bethel workers that are really up there at the top have talked about how on the governing board, they have these gay guys. Why do we have this weird sexuality of these people, you know? Well, it, it ties in with Satanism. And this sounds really bizarre, but there was somebody who, uh, Derek Barefoot, who he started noticing that there were all these hidden occult symbols in the Watchtower art, in the Watchtower magazines. And so he thought, as a Jehovah's Witness, he would warn the uh, Watchtower Society that somebody in their art department was hiding all this satanic symbology. And for his efforts, he got disfellowshipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, why why is it that even if you go and look on the Mormon entrance to the Salt Lake City, Utah Temple, there's a big all-seeing eye. I mean, clearly, Joseph Smith was a 33rd-degree Freemason. That's on record. I mean, you can see all this stuff on their architecture, on their temples as well, Fritz. Yes, exactly. And where in the Bible does it say that we're to wear magic underwear? <laughs> yeah, the magic underwear. Get into that part of it. Oh, well, yeah, they're required. I had a, a girlfriend who was Mormon. And they are not allowed to take off their, this uh, this magic underwear. The, the, the way they have to, to shower is should take off one leg and wash that side, then do the other side. Uh, you know, so one of the first things people do when they they leave Mormon Mormonism is they get themselves new underwear. Um, but there on the underwear is. On the side is the, the square and compass symbol. So there's a lot, there's a lot of hidden symbology. And you probably know Schneblin, Bill Schneblin. Yeah. He wrote a great book. I think it's Mormonism's Temple of Doom. He wrote a number of things and has been talking about how when he was in witchcraft, they told him if you wanted to get the highest level of witchcraft, you needed to join the Mormons and become a temple Mormon. So he made, he, in his book, he shows all these parallels between Mormonism and Masonry. In fact, I have a book, Masonry and Mormonism, which discusses all the parallels and the connections between the two. And the Tanner, Sandra Tanner, 
who who lives there in Salt Lake City. She's done an excellent work, the Tanners, over the years at um, documenting the connections between witchcraft, Freemasonry, and Mormonism. And there's even that subtle connection with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Conrad Graber, who was into spiritism, in other words, witchcraft, another word for witchcraft is spiritism, he, uh, he, the, the spirits downloaded this Bible translation to him. When the Jehovah's Witnesses got started with their New World Translation, they put down in the footnotes, they, they used him to back up their translations. And in their Watchtower magazines, they would quote him. So they're quoting someone who translated the Bible by using spirits, and that's how they backed their New World Translation. So you see a very subtle connection, even with the Watchtower Society. The Watchtower Society tries to come across like they're not connected to the occult at all. And the same thing to some degree with with the Mormons, because the Mormons say, oh, Mormons don't join Freemasonry. But I document many high-level Mormons who were Freemasons or even in recent times are Freemasons. It's just done on the sly. So the connection there is they're trying to hide the connection. Well, and when you were in the Bethel Library, you said you were reading something that just made your jaw drop about this utopia. Oh, you know, Sheila, various things have come out about the Illuminati agenda, how they want to depopulate the earth, how they want to shut down the factories and return us to a more primitive level uh, where we're more controlled, where they want to bring in uh, mind control. And all of these things that are on the, you know, uh, Illuminati agenda. When I went in and researched the Watchtower magazine's actual statements of what's going to happen in this new world, I was shocked. There was one one Watchtower that said the occult is going to to rule the world. What the occult? <laughs> yeah. Witchcraft is going to be prevalent, you know, the occult. We're going to go back to living a primitive life. And so in my Be Wise as Serpents, I put in a whole chapter called The Watchtower's Mind Kampf because I realized that what they're predicting for the future is exactly what the Illuminati want to do. It's really scary. They even went so far as to say, that if you want to survive, and they got a picture in one of their books, if you want to survive into this new world, you have to take a mark on the third eye to get into the, the new world. What's that? That's a from, from our vantage point, a Christian perspective, that's a Luciferian initiation. You well, know, the third eye area. When you put it all together, but the thing is, is when I was in the when 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 I was attending the Kingdom Hall. You would get one little paragraph here in this Watchtower magazine, one little watch. Nobody put it all together. Nobody was thinking critically, analyzing things and putting it all together. I hadn't myself until I was doing the research and I was I was accumulating everything that they had said. You know, this, this. 
I accumulated it on three by five note cards and in other ways. And when I accumulated it all and put it together, that's when it was like, whoa, this is really creepy. This is just the Illuminati agenda to a T, but nobody's ever put it, nobody had put it together like that. People are just reading one paragraph, answering the question from that paragraph in the Watchtower uh, study on Sunday, and they're never critically putting it all together. Yeah, and when you put it all together, yikes, it paints a very disturbing picture, especially when you get into the temple endowment sessions, these temple rituals, endowment ceremonies with high priests and high priestesses and grandmasters. This is nothing short of straight-up Satanism is what this is. But your average run-of-the-mill Mormon, your run-of-the-mill J-dub, they have no clue what's really going on here. Yes, people that have been through the temple ritual, some of them have like never gone back again because they, they, it was so creepy. You know, and, and this goes back to a scripture that warns us. It says, false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. So it warned us in 2 Corinthians that there were going to be false apostles. We had a guy here in Oregon, and I had his paperwork, the original paperwork for a while. I put some, I put copies of, of it in the Be Wise of Serpents book. He actually had something very similar to Joseph Smith Jr. And he had an encounter where this angel gave him a translation to a gold plate. I kid you not. I had the paperwork where he wrote down the symbols and the translation. I had his original paperwork. The guy was, was a very detailed, intelligent person. And of course, this whole thing blew his mind. And so he created a new age religion out of this experience. And then one day, this angel appeared to him and shapeshifted into a reptilian form. And he realized that he had been deceived and he walked away from that. Nobody's seen him since. He just walked away from his the religion that he had created because he realized that he had been fooled by a demon. That's what we're talking about here. You know, there's uh, Satan comes as an angel of light. And it also warns us that there's going to be false apostles masquerading as apostles of Christ. And, and this is exactly what's happened. Well, and then the tie-in, you mentioned the word earlier, the Kabbalah, that whole esoteric Jewish mysticism. I mean, that's also straight out of the pit of hell. That's wound. All this Gnosticism and esoteric info is woven into all this too, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. And, and I get into that. I have sections in my Be Wise the Serpents book and my Bloodlines of the Illuminati book where I go in and, and discuss how there was a, a cult, uh, the fraternity of Rodsmen, that were the core group of, of these families that made up the, the leadership. Uh, and they were into occultism. They were into witchcraft. And there was a wizard that was a mentor of Joseph Smith Jr. He had athema he had amulets he had he had all this witchcraft paraphernalia and he was like you say he was into freemasonry and and so this is what that core leadership was into and they are still into it 
They are still secretly into this. So this is why Joseph Smith Jr., he's taking all of these these wives. They have to keep that secret. He has to keep his womanizing secret from the rank and file Mormons, as well as the outside, you know, but they couldn't keep everything secret, which is why the people wherever they would live would start to um, become disgusted because the, the, the people, Americans didn't believe in polygamy. And when they realized all of the, the things that were going on, the child molestation and all the rest that was going on, they would run the, the Mormons out. That's why the Mormons ended up having to come to Utah. Now, from the Mormon perspective, they say, well, we were persecuted. But if you go back and look at why the people got disgusted everywhere the Mormons were, it was because the Mormons were doing things that disgusted the people around them. So there was a reason why they were, quote, persecuted. Well, let's listen to his own words of Joseph Smith. Listen to this quote. I have more to boast of than any man had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam. A large majority of the whole have stood by me. Neither Paul, nor Peter, nor John, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. History of the Church, page 408. I think it's just important that people understand, Fritz, that Mormonism is not Christianity. This is an antichrist religion. Well, and there's a lot of Mormons that, you know, I don't, I'm not putting a percentage, but let's put it this way. There's some Mormons that think that Joseph Smith is actually more important than Christ. There's some Mormons, because I've, I've talked with these people, they believe that the like the Book of Mormon and other things that supposedly restore Christianity, these are more important than the Bible. So if you go to the scripture and it says you're not to add to this, you know, but if you if you think of what the Bible actually says and you believe it's the Word of God and all its warnings about not changing what it teaches, and then you see how the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons have come along and go, no, no, you can't trust what your Bible saying. You need our new enlightenment, you know. And the Jehovah's Witnesses wanted their religion legalized in Scotland. And so in order for them to be accredited as a religion in Scotland, the government insisted that they be put under oath so that the government could ask their leaders what they were all about. So that was called the Douglas Walsh trial. And I printed that up. It, it's the, the manuscript of the trial is like humongous. I can't remember what it was, 1,200 pages or something. And I reduced those down. And when I printed it, I printed this massive thing. But in, in that trial, the heads of the Watchtower Society were asked, how did you come up with your Bible? And it came out. So we have, under oath, we know exactly how that Bible was, the New World Translation was created. What they did is, is they had a committee that sat around a table and they went verse by verse and decided what those verses, what they wanted those verses to say. It had nothing to do with translating. 
None of them were Greek experts. None of them were Hebrew experts. They weren't taking the Hebrew or the Greek and translating it. What they were doing was they were writing it as they wanted. They, they weren't translating. They were, they were making the verses say what they wanted. And they tried to edit things out like the deity of Christ. But no matter how hard they tried, the deity of Christ is still there. Because like if you go to the... I, I have a New World Translation where I have written into the, the margins every place where the deity of Christ slips through their efforts to, to edit it out. And it's almost on every page of the New Testament. If you start and think through what's being said, even though they try to edit out the deity of Christ, it's still there. Now you go to Revelation, and the, in the book in the first chapter of Revelation that says Christ is talking about himself and he says, this is me. I'm the one who is to come. I am the almighty. It calls him almighty God there. Well, the thing of it is, who in the book is coming? Who's going to return? It's Jesus Christ. And right there, it refers to him as almighty God. The Jehovah's Witnesses like to think of him as a mighty God, that's what they tell people, well, he's just a mighty God, but he is referred to as almighty God. So no matter how hard they tried to edit it out, it's still there. For instance, another example, Stephen, he's being martyred in the book of Acts. And Stephen says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he prays again, Lord Jesus, forgive them for this sin. So he's praying to Jesus. Watchtower Society doctrine is that you can't pray to Jesus. You can only pray to Jehovah because Jesus is an angel. Well, this ties in with Mormonism. So the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was an angel and Lucifer was an angel. That makes them kind of like brothers, right? Yeah. The Mormons believe that, that they were angels. Well, that's, that's Illuminati doctrine is that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. Yeah, that's really, really creepy doctrine. And what's really creepier is this whole tie-in to transhumanism. Mormons actually have a Mormon transhumanism organization. People can check that out. So this whole attaining to gods, that ties right back into Satan as well, because what was the very first thing that he said in the garden, you can become as gods. They actually believe this. This is actually on record in their own writing. If a Mormon couple seals themselves in this kind of Mormon, pagan, ritualistic ceremony, they too can become gods and they can rule over their own planet. And the wife, the goddess, will have spirit right. babies that will populate the planet for eternity. I mean, they actually believe that there are billions and billions of gods ruling over billions of planets in the universe. Now, how Twilight Zone is that? creepy. Are you kidding me? Well, right. And they recently changed their stand. They used to say that the American Indians were the uh, descendants of the Lamanites. And now they have, they have softened that to saying that the Lamanites are among the ancestors of the American Indians. So they've, they've started backpedaling. It's, it's like a, a number of other doctrines that they've backpedaled on. Yeah, the, exactly. And speaking of the Lamanite thing, they had a Lamanite placement program where they were taking 
Indians, and they were putting them into foster care and Indian student placement program where they were they were trying to bring these Indians because they believed that they're Lamanites into being Mormons. So they would put them into Mormon foster homes. Well, four of those children have lawsuits for sexual abuse. You know, this all ties in, this, this whole thing with sexual abuse also ties in with this whole WikiLeaks that's going on too, you know. Right. Mitt Romney, you know Mitt Romney is a Mormon. Yes. And his wife, Anna Romney. I, I just encourage people to watch uh, what's going to come out on Pizzagate. And Anna Romney, she has been going with with uh, Hillary Clinton, th- this whole thing, their sex trafficking children. So you're going to see this start coming out. And, and this ties in with the Mormon church. Like I say, I, I've, I visited with, spent time deprogramming or giving counseling to people that were in Mormonism that experienced all this stuff firsthand. It, it, it's really sick. And our establishment media is going to start trying to cover it up, unfortunately, but it's going to start coming out. And, and so you're going to see connections between Hillary Clinton and some of these Mormon leaders in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so true how these who's who are the global elite, all these politicians, you know, there's so many tentacles to this big, ugly octopus, the potpourri of hell here, all this Mormonism, the Satanism, the sexual abuse, pedophilia, sex ritual magic with the occult, all the stuff coming out on this disgusting Pizzagate. This goes very, very deep. So many of these crooked politicians are all deeply entrenched in the occult. And it goes back to what the United Nations director, David Spangler, said no one will enter the New World Order unless they make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one's entering the New Age unless they take a Luciferian initiation. And this is what really ties all this together when you're dealing with Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness and all this occult antichrist religion. At the core of it, these people are Luciferians. Yes, they are. And I had a very good um, an interview with a lady over in Prague. I just got, in, in October, I was awarded the Prague Peace Award, and Jana Ben-Nun, Stephen Ben-Nun's wife, she was a very hardcore Jehovah's Witness. And it really warms my heart that I have met a number of people that were hardcore Jehovah's Witnesses. They were pioneers. They were totally sold on things. But as they did their own research, they realized there's some serious lies here, and they left because they were truth lovers. And so Yana was one of those. She had a revelation of Jesus Christ, and she gave her life to Christ. She's a born-again Christian. So she interviewed me me and she was very interested in me explaining how all this connects back in how the watchtower society is really just functioning as a hidden branch of the illuminati same way with the mormon leadership because it's coming out 
all this tra child trafficking and like you were saying it, it's really really nasty but we've got to clean we've got to clean out the swamp we've got to get this stuff exposed it goes way beyond what people even imagine uh that itself is frightening to think it could be more vile than we're even seeing now and the absolute collusion with the mainstream media covering for these devils too sweeping it under the rug it, it's amazing to me the highest levels of government and i said this on a show before even the department of justice pedophilia investigation department they were in on this this guy was a friend of the podestas the new york times did a hit piece on this saying you know nothing to see here and it's amazing to me how you never hear even former Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses went on record exposing some of the debauchery and the media just files it under. Nothing to see here, folks. The collusion and the cover-up is what is frightening. It is. It, yeah, and it ties in. You know, one of the things, Sheila, that I have noticed is that the establishment media will protect the Watchtower Society and the LDS Mormon Church. I, I tried to put an ad in a newspaper, and I assured them that they would not be sued by any anybody that I could get a lawyer to, to tell them that, that they wouldn't be sued for having this. The ad said, if you are interested in proof about what the Watchtower Society has said and, and their lies, you know, here's a book that exposes their lies, well, they wouldn't run that ad. Well, yeah, that's because our controlled media is owned by the who's who of the globalists, including these big leaders of these churches. The businesses they own, it is staggering. The laws and the regulations in Utah, that's a whole other show. There's something very strange about Utah. Well, yeah, if, if what I hear is true, this is a little, this is another frightening thing that's happening, and that is Islam is growing faster in Utah than Mormonism. Oh. Well, be on the lookout for a mosque with an all-seeing eye. There's a new show for the future, Indiana Jones and the Temple Mosque. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Fritz, in the waning moment, give out your website, how people can find your handiwork, and final thoughts. It's pintracks.com, P-E-N-T-R-A-C-K-S.com, pintracks.com, and... I just really want to emphasize to everybody the importance of Christ in our life. Christ is the greatest gift that God gave us. But we need to worship him in spirit and in truth, people. I'm not just trying to argue doctrine, you know. It's it's this isn't a doctrinal dispute. It's a it's we're talking about salvational issues here. These are fundamental and some of the Christian churches have them wrong, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, we could do a whole other show on Freemasons in the evangelical circles, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, Fritz, thank you so much for your time in coming on the program, and we look forward to having you back real soon. Hey, thank you, Sheila. Thanks, Fritz. Folks, that was Fritz Springmeier, author of Bloodlines of the Illuminati. And I want to recommend this book. I own it. And also get a copy of Be Wise as Serpents. It delves into so much more than we've covered here today. You will be floored. 
And this discussion today is to help people understand the Antichrist religions out there, the false religion. That's one thing Jesus Christ, he warned us, be not deceived. Don't fall for these doctrines of devils, these seemingly benevolent religions. They're family-oriented. Don't be deceived because it is not benevolent, but rather very malevolent. So I'd love to hear your feedback on the show today. People have been emailing me about the map that I'm going to be putting on Power Prayers. I want to assure you that it's a top priority right now, and my web team is working on that map. Essentially, you'd go to powerprayers.ca, you'd click on the page that says, Find Prayer Partners in Your Area. That is connecting boots on the ground, awake Christians who are pressing into the deeper things of God. I know a lot of my listeners complain that they just can't handle the mainstream church. Sheila, do you know a good church? All of this is going to be incorporated on this map concept, linking you with people in your area. And so that is very exciting, and we're working on it as I speak. And finally, do remember to financially support this radio broadcast and ministry, and I thank you in advance for that. We will see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless you.